Doxed, the podcast. So it's just a whole CPTSD disaster. D for disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't feel as much fear and anxiety around it now as I did like back in January, because that was a very different situation. And I don't know why I don't feel as fearful now because it's escalating in a different way. You'd think I'd be more scared now. Maybe it's the Lex Pro. I don't know. It's still just ongoing daily stress. And I feel like some people that hear this, that hear me say this, will probably take the stance of victim blaming and, well, that's what you get. You deserve it because you didn't put it down and that's what happens. And I hate feeling like I have to repeat myself about like putting it down didn't make a dent in this. Putting it down didn't change anything. Like, I don't think people understand, like, neither of us were posting about any of this for over a month almost two months and we were recording the podcast like obviously that was happening that took time to put together but in terms of antagonizing Allie in any way that just wasn't happening and it still escalated anyway yeah but I will say I am excited that we launched we launched early yeah Uh, that's cool I feel like really proud of us actually And I think there's a lot of positive stuff to say, even though there's a lot of shit hitting the fan too. There's a lot of good feedback that I got. I hope you got some too. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of stuff to be proud of, like a lot of metrics to be proud of and a lot that we did, I think, ahead of schedule and of really high quality. I'm really proud of us and really proud of this project, what it is so far, and still very much motivated to keep going and keep going strong. But yeah, releasing early was like badass, I think. You know, I think that's going to be kind of a first half of a season for us at this point. We got that done in a godly short amount of time and then very high quality. It's really, I don't know, she goes off a lot about how it's terrible. Everything that we produce is terrible quality, but yet she won't listen to or read any of it whatsoever. And, you know, consider the source on that. I think that what we put out is like a total work of art. And then the metrics, like according to what I read, we were in the top 5% of podcasts in terms of downloads for the first week, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yeah, the podcast world is, is very different from social media and what success looks like in social media metrics. Podcasting is very different. So in terms of podcast analytics, we're actually doing really well and we have a lot to be proud of. I think we should also mention the whole thing about launching early because we had advertised. I mean, we're barely advertising, but we had put on our branded content that we had planned to launch on May 5th. And we we really knocked out a lot of content and graphics and our episodes and editing and blogging and and all of that stuff, just kind of banking it. And I think it was when we had an Instagram, we we have an Instagram, but there was nothing posted on it. And then I had come up with the idea of changing my unhinged and dysregulated TikTok to the Docs, the podcast TikTok, because sometimes it can take a minute to grow a TikTok account and you never know what's going to pop off and what doesn't, what the algorithm is going to do. I thought, well, kind of to give us a leg up with like the different features that can be unlocked on TikTok when you have a certain amount of followers, let's just change my my podcast TikTok to this podcast TikTok. And I wasn't posting on that anyway because um, there were a lot of, uh, 
I want to call them energy vampires from Allie's camp, just attacking anything I'd post anyway. So I hadn't posted on my TikTok in like, God, almost two months. So I decided to switch it to the Docs the Podcast main TikTok. And then you had a secondary, like after dark TikTok. And as soon as that happened, Allie found out about that switch, like I think within a day mm-hmm. and started screenshotting and plastering the docs the podcast tiktok all over her instagram and making fun of me for rebranding even though i had seen a tiktok no no it was an instagram post of hers a couple weeks before when she was dragging my books through the mud still saying well what you should do to fix your reputation is take down all your stupid books and Mm -hmm. get off the internet and take a year and apologize to everyone just take a year off and come back and rebrand like she said that like a month before Mm -hmm. (laughs) all of this happened i remember that video and then she considers docs the podcast as a rebrand of mine and makes fun of it but it's not a rebrand i still have my own podcast but i'm very much focused on this one it's just like no matter what I do it's kind of funny that she can trash everything anything that you or I do but she doesn't have anything for us to send an army to to destroy not that we're even the type that would even want to do that to her but it's just funny that she doesn't have anything she's made nothing of this that can even be picked apart like she's picking apart everything that we do yeah but it was kind of a golden advertising campaign because she talked constantly about the podcast from the moment she found out about it to the time that we released it and beyond to this day so we had all these clips of just her being like Roxy and Jane are pieces of shit stupid terrible bitches and all their podcast is terrible and they probably got all one star reviews and got it taken off all the websites. And it's probably the worst plagiarized chat GBT nonsense. And we just were taking those clips and using them as videos with just like docsapodcast.com or um, <laughs> one of my favorite ones was, and this was a suggestion of one of my friends, the best one star podcast you'll ever listen to because <laughs> <laughs> because they were sending them to badly review us. And so we have some of some kind of funny, like one star reviews. And then also we have some other five star reviews from people that went and encountered that and actually did listen to the thing. But it was kind of a there's a there's kind of a infamous billboard in Philadelphia that you drive into the city and you see it coming down the lane and you go and it says, I hate Steven Singer. And You go on the website and it's a jewelry website (laughs) and it's really good advertising because it's like uh, it just really catches your attention and it's negative, but it is like no press is bad press. So we're kind of we're kind of playing into that like no press is bad press rule because you don't even need to say anything about it. Like, I I feel like if you come across Mm -hmm. one of these videos, then you're you're probably like you're either like, oh, no, this these people seem terrible. I got to tune in and see how terrible or you're like, well, I got to hear the other side. So either way. It just kind of, it's kind of beautiful. (laughs) She hasn't been able to stop talking about it. Yeah. And a lot of people, when I say a lot, I mean, literally her army of four. And that's kind of all we're really, we're really getting in terms of like engagement on the Instagram is just people who hate it right now. Mm -hmm. But a lot of those people look at our Instagram, which are just reposted clips of Allie absolutely trashing the podcast. And they look at that and think that we are bullying her. Oh, yeah. And they think that the whole podcast is just a, a big bullying campaign against Allie. It's well, like they was... completely missed the part 
where we have been absolutely being abused by Allie for months. This is month five now of this. Yeah. And it's escalate. It's not even just sustained. It's escalating. And one interesting thing that did happen too, and you know, we're going to have to balance our energy around all this because these people, all of these people that do this kind of thing, the whole kind of people that smear campaign other people are energy vampires. They glom onto you. You can't shake them. Terrible. Mm -hmm. And there was a whole other unrelated smear campaign situation that kind of glommed onto us and got my Docs After Dark TikTok band because I think because totally unrelated. We just we just kind of encountered through the magic of the FYP, I think, somebody else going through a remarkably similar situation to ours. And mm -hmm. some of the people that are targeting her ended up crossing over into our people duetting some of our troll well first thing was I had commented just some little comment of support in that person's came and or in that person's video in the in their targets video um from what I can see from what I'm witnessing and those and the people that were targeting her started started tagging us in like 15 you know 20 different videos in a day who does that remind you of and uh -huh. you kind of you'd look at the videos and you'd be like what am I even looking at doesn't really seem like like this feels like it's supposed to emotionally make me discredit this target person, but I am not seeing anything too real behind it when you really listen to it. And so then I, I, you know, I, I wasn't taking them very seriously. Well, then next thing, you know, they're duetting pixie frogs. <laughs> mm. They're duetting some of our trolls and they're like, Oh, look at what. So they basically have gone in and like, they're like triangulating anybody that might be a potential ally to this target and so I've been thinking about this because I think we're going to, we're planning to kind of move forward with this. And I think we're going to have to focus on this whole situation while it's still escalating, but there will be a time after this. And I think we both want to still do this, an extension of this project after this. And part of that would be talking to other people who've experienced this kind of thing. And that's going to involve sussing out the victims from the abusers and and mm -hmm. it might we might end up being wrong and make the wrong call sometimes but what I'm experiencing and noticing from just the first couple of people that we've kind of encountered with our new branding and with our new idea who are saying hey we would like to talk to you maybe it seems like red flags if you're trying to suss out the abuser from the victim red flags trying to triangulate people by going mm -hmm. into their space seeking out their friends and allies and then going and bothering those people to discredit them, to separate them, to divide any sort of community or support, to divide them from their income, to discredit them in a very targeted way that extends past your own page mm -hmm. into your target's page and into your target's allies' pages, right? Green flags, having documentation, having actual paperwork, actual evidence, actual things you can point to to where your story holds up and mm -hmm. i think you mentioned i think we were talking about this before the recording but a story that holds up to questions a story that is able to be you are able to ask questions and have them answered and they make sense so i don't know i guess we'll continue to learn as we go but that but anyway that those that whole unrelated secondary smear campaign situation which now they're like glomming on to us trying to smear us or something. they know nothing about our project they literally just know that we went and commented like one support comment to their target um and that, that what was, I'm, the video what I'm of the target wasn't a video of her bashing anyone 
trying to triangulate triangulate anyone. She wasn't dragging anyone's name through the mud. So the comment you made in just like support of her wasn't in support of her bashing anyone else. It was just like some educational video about narcissism. No names mentioned, nothing like that. And I just was like relatable. (laughs) And then therefore we got tagged in like 15 videos and then we're getting smeared all of a sudden and duetted by our trolls or duetting their trolls and like, whatever. I think that, I think that we're starting to notice some differences here in the behavior. Right. And it's about going outside of your own space where you can tell your own story all day and night, trying Mm -hmm. to control other people's support systems, trying to control their income. Being able to ask questions be able to get answers to your questions and the difference between like the victim and the abuser. We get asked questions all the time. We get asked loaded questions steeped in whatever stuff Allie is making up about us. And the whole burden of proof thing comes into play where they can just make a wild claim when we're expected to answer to it. And that's not exactly what we're talking about in terms of like your story being able to like your story holding up being questioned. And what I'm noticing about these really terrible cyberbullying situations is like the questions and the answers say a lot about who the victim is and who the target is. It depends. It also kind of depends on the question. Like, For instance, you can ask us questions about anything that we're going through, but what a lot of people ask us are questions about claims that Allie's making about us that really can't be answered with any other answer than, well, that just didn't happen, or or, that's just not true. She made that up. There is no explaining whatever lie Allie's making up about us, but any question you ask Allie about this, you either get blocked (laughs) or you get berated or you get lied to. So you have to be kind of discerning. And you can also tell the energy of the question you're being asked. But it's an important differentiation to make. The the victim's story is going to hold up to questioning and the abuser's story usually isn't. No, yeah, good, really good distinction because also in that case, it's um, the claim. The difference is the claim and who the burden of proof is on. When you make a claim, the burden of proof is on you, which means that if you say something is true, it's not suddenly up to some completely other person to prove that it's true or not true. That it, that doesn't work. And it doesn't work because it breaks logic. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of just this undue expectation, which really is just another way to steal the energy and power from people who are being targeted. So yeah. that's one kind of question. There was somebody in our YouTube, not even going to name the account it's like some burner youtube account that's just going off about all of these i think we talked about in the logical fallacies episode but firehose of falsehood where it's just an unloaded questions too like questions Mm -hmm. where there's no right answer like did you did you make this choice before or after the slander started it's like there was no slander stop or just like yeah or just making these claims and and acting like and there are claims that come out of nowhere. And then it's like, I'm suddenly feeling like I have to scramble. Like they, one thing that they, like Ali's very angry and upset that we brought Jessica into it at all. But I was accused of her murder. So <laughs> I get to talk about it. And then now there's trolls and they're like, oh, is it true that a representative of the family reached out to you? No, it's not. No. But it makes me want to scramble and be like, well, what the hell do they know that I don't know? Like, did someone email me and it got caught in spam? No, it's nonsense. And then suddenly I'm doing that 
to 10 different kinds of questions a day. Like, well, I don't want to say no. And what, what if it is yes? So now I have to check 20. No, I have a life that's more important than mm-hmm. answering a troll under a burner account who is making all these claims that are wasting my time when yeah. I'm a victim of abuse. I have better things to do to survive than answer a stupid troll. That's different. And that's why the burden of proof is on the person who makes the claim. So Allie's making all these claims. The hypocrisy in her followers is where they're not asking her to prove these claims and asking the people who made the claims to go prove the claims. Go to them. If you don't think it's true, go ask them for their proof. Why are you bothering us about what other people have claimed? That's well, a claim how logic that works. Allie is making about me recently is that she heard from someone of course it's just a random someone always that i'm not i must not be sleeping and if i'm not sleeping it's because i have an adderall problem and for some crazy reason ali has taken that and run with it on her social media spreading the rumor that i'm abusing stimulants i'm abusing adderall and i have this long history of abusing Adderall. But the funny thing is, is that Allie's been very open and very public about her past of abusing Adderall. Don't believe me? Just search her on TikTok. She has old TikTok videos from former accounts of her talking very candidly about her history of abusing Adderall. She this isn't slander. This isn't a rumor. It's literally still on TikTok. She bragged about it just a few weeks ago, I believe, in her Instagram story. She was like showing old pictures. Yeah, that's the funny thing. We should like use those pictures to represent her. She, well, as she's spreading this rumor about me being strung out on Adderall, she's posting pictures of herself having been strung out on Adderall and and saying in the caption, oh, I hope Roxy's not feeling like this. I hope Roxy's okay. Posting pictures of herself in the depths of her Adderall abuse once upon a time. And it puts me in this position of like, oh my God, she's telling people I'm a drug addict and I feel like I have to explain myself when I don't have to explain myself. But that's a horrible rumor to spread. It's damaging to say that. And for the record, I don't have a long history with Adderall. I was on Adderall in a two-week trial earlier in 2022 when I was first diagnosed. It was too much for me. I was on Wellbutrin for it, which is like an off-label use for Wellbutrin. And then maybe back in February, I found a new psychiatrist and they prescribed me Adderall. I was on it for two weeks and now I can't even get the Adderall that I need because there's a sor- there's a shortage. So I don't think anyone's abusing it because no one can even really get it. But the fact that I even feel compelled to have to explain myself because someone's spreading a rumor that I'm a drug addict is crazy. And she does stuff like that all the time and then points at us for defamation, that we're defaming her. When we're just, we're literally just describing our experience of her and what she's doing and what her trolls are doing and continuing to do. But we're called bullies when not even 24 hours ago, she had posted like 30 stories on her Instagram about how I'm strung out on drugs. What the fuck? Yeah. And it's just weird projection. And that's what the fire of the falsehood is. That's what it is. 
when it's just so many, like we could make this entire podcast just about refuting all like myth busters all of the things that are said about us every single day by this person and her followers. I mean, it's gotten absurd. Like it has gotten to unreal levels mm-hmm. and, and it's totally affecting all of it's creeping into everybody's real life. One thing that's really very frustrating to me is any kind of pushback. Shame on you all. <laughs> any kind of pushback about how we shouldn't be getting paid for this. And that was tying into some of this, like, because we mentioned Jessica, first of all, we put hundreds of dollars into building a foundation to even tell this story of our own personal money when we don't have that necessarily and have not been paid a cent. And make no mistake, I think we totally deserve to be paid for this work. And I think we should figure out how Especially because it's sinking in that Allie's going to target every single job I get, any income, any sponsorships, any brand deals. She has stated that she's actively planning to continue sabotaging our lives forever. And in fact, it's escalated past gang stalking, which I mean, we can talk about the different like I think there's we did go through a kind of gang stalking since January with all of this followers nonsense, but it's escalated too into real life contacting abusive exes gang stalking and there are like wellness checks going on that are inappropriate jubilee's mother was inappropriately contacted by a nasty troll and now in addition to the gang stalking stuff uh i don't know if it was today or or because i haven't watched it directly but i've been told that She's talking in the last day or two about extorting us all. She's threatening that she's never going to stop unless we all pay her like $10,000 or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and that we need to take out loans from the client to pay her. That's extortion, Allie. That's extortion. It's illegal. It's a crime. You're committing crimes. You're committing crimes. You can't do that. You can't do that forever. It's just not going to keep, you're not, like, eventually your bubble's going to pop. But, I mean, it's continuing to escalate to, to these levels that are just dizzying. I don't really know why we would like there's really I, I've been feeling very trapped because she really has made it her mission to destroy us all. And we're not going to let it happen. But this is exhausting. It's unfair. It's unjust. And of course, we should get paid for this work of shining a, a light on this nastiness. Um, Someone made a comment as if we're supposed to be ashamed they said something about profiting off of your fake victim story and profiting off of Allie's pain and profiting off of someone's death. And no, that's just not the case. But no matter what kind of money either of us make doing anything, Allie's going to come for it and have something to say. So why are we supposed to care? She had a total fit about the idea that I shouldn't be allowed to teach in a classroom When I have been teaching for a decade, I have been a very good teacher for a decade. I'm hella qualified. And she actively called my school. My university received calls from her and other people who had nothing. What the university told me about it was that they had nothing to back up what they were saying about me. They called to trash talk with zero Mm -hmm. evidence to back up any of their claims. But they very much tried to take away my legitimate source of income that Mm -hmm. I am qualified to do, that I spent 10 years paying my time and energy and money into that whole system to be good at that job. She doesn't want me to have that job. She wanted to ruin it for me. So why do I care? 
Why do I care about what they're going to judge me? Like, what does she want me to do for a living? What, how could I possibly care? Yeah, you're too dangerous to teach music composition. Yeah. And Carrie Ann is too dangerous to, to serve uh, food. prepare food. And you're too dangerous, too dangerous to, write to write books. <laughs> so what are we supposed to do? Like, you can, you have to understand how much we couldn't take you seriously if we wanted to, to these people. Yeah. Another thing that's really disturbing, and... Uh, I don't really care if I get hate for this or not. I've learned to not care because we get hate no matter what. But I kind of want to revisit the whole wellness check thing because I think we mentioned that. I don't know if this was mentioned in the timeline episodes or not, but like a whole a, well, a welfare check was called on Allie. I was not a part of that. We make that very clear. Um, I don't think police are the ones to do wellness checks. As a black aut autistic person, that's the last group of people I need checking on me or cops with guns but she had posted something on her Instagram story months ago where she was clearly not in a good place the video of her was sent to me after the wellness check was called to fill me in on what was going on and I watched that video and it read to me like she was impaired it didn't read to me like a cry for help or she was in danger it just read to me like she maybe had a little too much and she was impaired. But people were worried, I guess, worried enough to call a wellness check on her, not just of the targets of hers, but even among her friends, they were concerned and also called a wellness check. There were more than one. There's more than one group of people calling to check on her. And also keep in mind, she does not live alone. She lives with both of her parents. Like she's well taken care of. If anything was really concerning, she she's not alone. But I say all that to say that now it's become a trend within this situation to weaponize the wellness checks. And it's it's just gross to me that the cops keep getting called on different people because it can escalate in a second. It can become dangerous. It can become deadly. Police brutality is a whole thing. The way that Allie continues to say every single day on her Instagram stories, you all almost bullied me to death. I wanted to take my own life. I want to take my own life because of you guys. And I feel like that's such a manipulation because looking back at that video with very clear eyes, I don't believe that she wanted to take her own life in that moment. That's just an opinion. I don't know for sure. But what I do know for sure now is that she's trying to say we don't have any regard for human life. No one cared about her wanting to take her own life, but everyone cared enough to call to make sure she was okay, to send police to her home, to make sure she was okay. But if no one had done that, she would also have something to say. So there's no winning. I also want to add that ever since then, I've seen her in a very pathetic attempt to recreate that first video that people were so concerned about. She's quite literally tried to recreate that same scene and she can't capture whatever she was scaring people with in that first video because uh the problem was in that first video is that she was impaired she was under some kind of influence that she's not under anymore and to see the the acting in the videos that she's tried to recreate to try to garner that same kind of sympathy to appeal to everyone's emotions it's such a clear manipulation it's gross to me and everyone knows the story of the little boy that cried wolf and that's exactly what she's doing with the whole oh you guys almost bullied me to death 
if we almost bullied her to death, why is she so bold and so nasty and so unrelenting with us? I don't get it. And I, I wish people would just connect those dots and see the manipulation for what it is. It's it's suicide baiting, which is gross. Yeah. And I think that um, there's been a strange same thing with the wellness checks. There's certain themes just get all spun out. Like as soon as some theme gets introduced, now it's getting batted around on all sides. And like as soon as there's some idea that works for good, then the other side takes it and just twists it into something that was just like, see, your thing didn't work. And we and we just delegitimized it by using it the exact opposite way and showing how actually there's a total exception to the rule. And, you know, and when you look closer, they are not the same thing, but it's hard to explain always why. And it's just like every single time all this stuff comes in and it's just all spun out immediately. Anyway, one of the more recent themes is death. And I think part of the reason for that is because of Allie's friend who passed away, who I don't want to bring extensively onto this podcast, but that's something she has talked about in her recent video. I think she pulled the video down where she talked about it which is probably the best. And I mean, mourning is a difficult thing and people can do it however they need to do it as long as you're not hurting other people. But I do think that that whole theme of death has just been like more and more coming up. And she keeps insisting that we're, we all want her to die, which everyone has said, no, we don't. She keeps insisting that we're bullying her to death, close to death, which no, we're not. And then the other thing she's saying recently is, that we have sent death threats to her and her whole family, which is categorically false. There is nothing true about that. Nothing like a death threat has ever been sent to her by anyone that I have spoken to. Like, I don't know anything about any death threats ever sent to her. The idea that her family received death threats is, I feel like it's the same. It's like regressing to the same thing that she was scaring you with about me back in January. Do you think if any one of us sent her a death threat, whether it was in a voice recording or a text, that wouldn't be plastered all over her Instagram. Well, that's why it's like people, the real failing of these followers that are still doing things on her behalf is you, you have a fundamental problem. You need to hold her to account for the things she claims. When mm -hmm. she claims something, you need to ask her for the receipts. When she says, my parents are getting death threats, you need to go badger her until you're satisfied that that's true. She doesn't have the receipt. There's no receipts. They're and never it's not a matter of her not posting it because she doesn't want to trigger people, which I understand if you get something really heinous sent to you, you trigger people with maybe you don't post it. No one, no one that I know of, sure as fuck not me. I did not send her any death threats nor no. her parents. But I if she had proof of that, guaranteed, she would be on TikTok right now posting that everywhere. She'd be on Instagram right now posting that everywhere. Are you kidding? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm almost surprised that they haven't tried to fake it. But nobody, nobody that I know of. And if somebody did send her some death threat, she she did think that a bunch of these burner fake accounts were me. And they're not. Mm -hmm. You have no proof. I bet you I bet you money. It's not the same IP address because I have nothing to do with any of that shit. So prove it. Prove your claims. They're nonsense until you prove it. And it is hundreds of nonsense claims at this point to where it's like this is not a source for information. And the fact that people keep taking it as a source for information and believing her without listening to the other side, people keep ragging on our podcast. It's 16 hours of of 
uh, of bullying Allie. No, it's not. No, it's, it's 30. It's over. Yeah. It's so many more than 16 hours and they are not all focused on Allie. They are focused on our experience. We exist and we get to have an experience that we get to talk about. If she got all these death threats from me and from you, why is she only focused on the trademarks and extorting us for well, money? Yeah, I said that be- because there was this clip that she had where she was like, oh, yeah, I, there, I have barely anything. So you guys certainly don't have anything, which is projection. But then she's talking about how she might have some kind of civil case. And then at that time, I was like, well, what happened to all my stalking you? Why don't you have a criminal case? Mm-hmm. Why don't you ha- why aren't you even talking about a criminal case anymore? But at the same time, she's very literally very much with her words. And we do have the documentation and the receipts and the evidence that shows exactly that what we're saying is true every single time. She, in a video, said that we're all sending death threats to her and her entire family. It's categorically false. Mm-hmm. Just like so many other things, just like pretty much everything else she said. And the, and it's e- as easy as asking for evidence and actually checking that the evidence proves the claim that is being made. None of the followers are doing that. It's harmful. It's dangerous. It's abusive of them to continue to be hypocritically just listening to her. There's nothing else for it. That wasn't true at the beginning. There were people that were still in her following at the beginning. I can easily see, especially now after talking to people for this project, I can easily mm-hmm. see how, from your perspective, you wouldn't get what was going on. And I've even been thinking in the re- in recent days about stuff around cancel culture. And I think I've definitely seen comfort creators with rose-colored glasses before. It's very easy to just look at somebody and take the positive out of what they're doing. And of course, forgive them for their for whatever you perceive as flaws, but Suddenly, if you realize that that person in real life is a terrible person and you start looking at their content again, and this has happened to me with a few different people, then you look at the content and you're like, oh no, it was always there. They were also this kind of dangerous, whatever, you know, like it was always there, Mm -hmm. but I just didn't, I just didn't acknowledge it because I thought that I thought well of this person and I just kind of thought in black and white and forgave them for all that stuff. And suddenly I can see it the opposite way. I think any, anybody is cancelable. I really do. Yeah. But it's very easy to just see your favorite creator through rose-colored glasses. So I think early on, sure, plenty of people were just not paying that close of attention. And that's okay. You know, I can totally forgive that. The problem is the people now, the people still doing it, people who still are refusing mm-hmm. to listen. And it's, and, it, and you can tell like what's going on on the surface. Like this one troll who went after Jubilee in particular, unless somebody's impersonating her, which I guess could be possible. But apparently, allegedly, this one troll went and, and contacted Julie's mother. Shame on you. Um, which with a bunch of nonsense with no evidence. And um, this was this was the same one of the same people that went on one of the Aunt Karen lives mm-hmm. and made a huge fool of herself by having no evidence to back up what she said once again. Are you tired of feeling unsafe online? Do you want to learn how to protect yourself from cyberbullying, doxing, and other forms of online harassment? then look no further than Doxed the Podcast. Visit the website doxthepodcast.com to sign up for the Doxed free ebook full of helpful tips and resources for online safety. Plus, when you sign up, you'll receive the weekly newsletter with the latest updates on upcoming content. There are many ways to connect with Doxed, including Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Discord. Have a story to share or feedback to give? Use the contact form on the site to reach out or leave a voice message to be featured on the show. 
And for exclusive content, subscribe to the Doxed Supercast to gain access to the private podcast feed with member-only exclusives. Take control of your online safety and join the Doxed community today. And Ann Karen calling her out was some of the funniest funniest moments of the of the first live, I think, because she was very inconsistent about the standards she was holding Allie to versus standards that she held other people to. Mm-hmm. And it seems like she has been one of the people consistently writing in with bad reviews to everyone's businesses. And she also tried to make a video like shaming us out of doing the podcast and acting like she had some kind of dirt on us that would make us regret releasing it, um, which she doesn't. So I was like, I made a video about her on Docs After Dark. And I, by the way, I was with that other unrelated to me, they got my first Docs After Dark account taken down, like in a snap permaband with 800 followers on it, done. It lost a bunch of drafts I worked on of like videos. Yeah. Because TikTok's so flimsy and we knew this. So like, and that's fine. You know, we have to just let it go. But but anyway, before that was lost, I made a video, a couple of videos about her on Docs After Dark. And um, someone commented saying that they were working with her in real life and that we were defaming her, which is not defamation if it's true, you guys. Yeah. So, but then I clicked in on the person's page who was like saying like, I, I've worked with this person in real life. And what was their whole wall of their TikTok page? Red hat MAGA nonsense. So I feel like that gives a hint about some of the motivations of these people. Yeah. You know? I feel like there's a picture here. And I think people also need to use a little more common sense and understand that if you do something shitty and abusive to me and I describe a point by point summary of my experience of you, that is not me defaming you. That's me explaining my experience of you, me describing my experience of you, processing my experience of you is not me defaming you. Like, why don't I don't understand why people don't get that. If you're shitty to me and I describe that and you don't like it, don't be shitty to me. And then I can't describe you being shitty. It's that simple. No. And like I and you can get people wrong and stuff. But like, I also think a difference is, I mean, there are things that are provable lies. And there's a difference between saying I feel and I experienced something versus this person is that or this person did that. Like you can word things in different ways. But I also feel like a difference is saying stuff in your own space and and going into these other people's spaces to bother them. Like mm-hmm. part of what really strikes me about this, uh, I don't even know what to call them, like unrelated smear campaign, whole set of troll people that came upon us. Part of what is so disturbing is that they they came into our space to bother us about their target. That's very different than them talking on their own page about their experience of their target. Yeah. Talk all day and night to your friends about it. Talk all day and night. But it's weird. Not only did they come onto my thing that I was running on there, I believe they also came at you. I was scrolling through my FYP on the the main docs account and I'm very much into like the Bravo verse, like all those Bravo TV shows. And right now there's a, a scandal going on called Scandaval, and it's about this guy named Tom Sandoval Tom who Sandoval, cheated on his girl. Yeah, he cheated on Ariana, and it's like the whole Scandaval thing. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a TikTok of him with his band performing their latest performance in Long Island, and the the crap there was all the seats were empty. It was pretty sad. And I made a comment on that saying, "And the crowd goes mild." It was a funny comment, <laughs> and so a lot of people were like 
replying to my comment. And one of the people involved in this whole other smear campaign was like, oh, funny to see you here. I've listened to some of your podcasts. By the way, this person is a terrible person. She's evil and da da da. And I, I just stared at that comment, like not knowing what to say. Like, not only is this TikTok completely unrelated, this is my like guilty pleasure reality smut TV that I just want to laugh at and leave snarky comments with all the other people that hate Tom Sandoval right now. And like, I have to address this like whole other smear campaign against this lady that I really like, who's been really kind to us, who's going through the same thing we're going through. Like what? It was so random. Like they've been mostly coming after the account that you've been running, but just it really rubbed me the wrong way. I replied with, um, yeah, same thing can be said about me. Same thing is said about me every day. We're all villains in someone's story. And she replied again with like, well, this person's really terrible and really awful. She really replied again. Yeah, I thought oh, that yeah. was a perfect reply from you. I was like, I couldn't have answered it better myself. But it's like these people want to infiltrate and invade. And it's like, that's we're feeling this colonizer energy, you guys. Like, you're not mm-hmm. slick. You think you're slick. <laughs> you're not slick. When you behave like that, it's really easy to see who the victim is and who the abusers are. Yeah, because meanwhile, the other side of things is like, here's all my tons of court documentation. Here's my careful, mm-hmm. meticulous explanations of what happened here and here's me carefully trying to and also like having the wrong burden of proof like here's all these other people making these claims about me please let me please give me a chance to explain to you why they're totally Mm -hmm. false and nonsense and here's all my court documentation like there's a difference of the two sides also i have not heard her once bash any of these people to me I still yeah. don't know the details of what's going on with her and all these people harassing her. This is a lot about her mm-hmm. and a lot about these other people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, like, I think a lot of people in our situation too wanted, like, even with a lot of the burner accounts, the burner edits and stuff. And and I remember thinking this, I think I said it at some point on here. There's a lot of times when you come across a video and you can tell it's meant to elicit some kind of emotional reaction. And I think a lot of people get got by that kind of thing. And I don't know if it's an autism thing, but I just don't usually like, I'll just look at those videos and be like, I don't really like, I get that you want me to be mad at this person. I think you get that you want me to like, think this person is bad because of the emotion of what you're setting up here. But like your evidence isn't, isn't giving me that. And I just don't, I just see right past, but I feel like a lot of the people We'll see that video and just be like, oh, yeah, I'm mad. That was the first thing I got told. And I'm mad now about this person and get kind of tricked. Anyway, I said I saw kind of the same thing playing out with that, too. Like, I don't know if it's just like I don't know if it's an autism thing or what, but I feel like some people just really don't see through it and really do just kind of whatever side of the story they hear first. That's the one they're going with. That's the one they believe. Ride or die. Mm -hmm. No critical thinking. All based on emotion. But yeah, a lot of parallels in that situation. And I'm sure there's more. I'm sure there's like a lot of a lot of this kind of situation that plays out because I think it's types of people like this other this this Mm -hmm. that's a target, I believe, also identifies as autistic. And I don't know that it's like always autistic people versus narcissistic people, but there's people get drawn into these relationship dynamics through different life circumstances. And I think this kind of pattern plays out across a lot of different people. And I think we're about to find a lot more people that are going through similar experiences to us, because I think it's very difficult to be seen and talk about it when you are the target of these things. 
And I think it's going to be one of those like me too moments almost, because I think there's a lot Mm -hmm. of it going on under the surface. That's that, that part of the experience of it is being silenced until there's some kind of tipping point, you know, but I think it's going on everywhere. Yeah. And I feel like it's maybe it's because we're both targets right now. So maybe my perspective is a little biased, but I feel like it's so clear to see who the victims are and who the abusers are because the victims tend to be the quiet ones. The victims tend to be the ones that kind of slink into the background and have to take time to to take time to process, time to gather ourselves, time to heal. And I feel like the abusers are the ones that are just kind of going off the whole time, trying to turn people against the targets, trying to triangulate. They're very loud and very boastful and kind of oscillate between being really threatening and aggressive and also trying to play the victim. But their victimhood doesn't really translate. It doesn't come across as victimhood to me because I think I can tell that they're not actually victims. Here's the truth. Here's my story. I need support. I need friendship. I need to be reassured that I'm going to be okay. I need safety. That's an energy that's just really easy for me to pick up on. Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting journey going forward because I don't know that I'm going to be perfect at it because I do think I sometimes I do tend to see people through I tend to always take people for whoever they want to be until they prove themselves otherwise. So I definitely do sometimes take people with just rose colored glasses and think, well, you're telling me you're the victim. So I believe you. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't usually for me, that doesn't extend to then hating the other party. Like I'll right. always kind of, I'll believe somebody, but also if, if then they're like, oh yeah, and can you go attack this other person for me? Immediately hard line. I will yeah. try to figure out what's going on and like, and like have a sense of both sides of the story. Um, so yeah, like I'll believe somebody, but not to the point of just becoming an attack dog, I think, but that doesn't mean I'm not necessarily going to make mistakes or that we're not necessarily going to make mistakes. So I right. think it's going to just have to be up to forgiving ourselves and also yeah I think it's always okay to leave space for people to just talk about whatever their story is even if that story is like quote-unquote wrong or whatever I think that's not that's not really harmful as long as it's not then extending to go attack the other person time reveals a lot I mean I can admit I've gotten it wrong when people have tried to weaponize their victimhood or feign victimhood for sympathy or some kind of gain from me. Like, of course I've gotten it wrong. Of course I've wanted to believe that people that I cared about or was worried about, like, I want to believe that they were being honest. And I've seen this a couple of times in this very situation that, no, they were not being honest and I was duped. So yeah, you're right. Like, we're not going to get it perfect, but time revealed everything with both of those people that I was worried about and cared about and believed that they were victims and it didn't take much time. And like I said, the energy of it is easy to read. And even when I was listening to each of their victim stories, really about each other, I won't get into details, but you know exactly the two I'm talking about. (laughs) Even as they were telling me their victim stories, like there was something in my gut that was like, the math isn't mathing. This doesn't make sense, but I don't want to poke holes in their stories. And it didn't, it wasn't long after that, that the holes revealed themselves. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably going to be true too, because I think people who 
lie, even if they're clever, it really can only hold up for so long because there's always free will involved. And especially when there's groups of people, people are going to make unexpected choices and things are going to get harder to maintain the lies of. Mm-hmm. So eventually you start to be able to poke holes in lies and then you have to decide what you're going to do with that information. But I do think, I mean, it's okay for us to make mistakes. And I think it's just going to be up to up to, up to being vigilant and sensitive and open to correcting mistakes if they happen. And I think we're both up for that. So I think we're, I think we're up for the task of doing it. And I think that it's just a whole rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. I think, I think we've only so far talked about lol cows on a bonus episode, if I'm, if I'm not wrong, but that's a whole rabbit hole. And I think it is it is deeply intertwined with our situation here. And you know, I had a thought earlier today about the lol cow thing and the way that Allie just like throws out crazy claims so confidently with so much conviction, even though it's like, what the fuck is she talking about? And part of me really believes that she is like a high level lol cow because she checks the boxes of being so unaware of herself, like not a shred of self-awareness and any information that's brought to her about anyone she dislikes, she takes it and runs with it. And I feel like there are people just feeding her nonsense about everyone she doesn't like. And she just takes it, makes an ass of herself on Instagram and now on YouTube and people just milk it for laughs. I think, I think there's people dedicated to just who know how gullible she is when it comes to people that she hates and are just telling her just random rumors about each of us knowing she's going to make 30 Instagram stories about this. She's going to make a two hour YouTube video about this. And I, I 100% believe that that is probably the case on some level with her. Yeah. I think there are some faceless people at play in there and I started to dawn on me a little bit after the fact, but but who the hell was behind all those accounts that were the stalker supposedly? Because I read some of those comments and they were impersonating me and there were people impersonating you. And I know mm-hmm. that we kind of know perhaps who was impersonating you, but like some of these people, I don't think we've quite sussed out like exactly who they are. I think some people are pretty intentional about not having their faces in the mix the whole time. So nobody's guessing that it's them or whatever, but I think very much there are people who are just a little bit smarter than all these <laughs> all these dummies going on Aunt Karen or whatever mm-hmm. with no evidence. Like instead there's people playing the real game here. Yeah. And I think part of the big hint that gives it away is that there were people that early impersonating me and and riling her up and firing her up about how she's getting stalked by me and for a while I didn't know what to make of that I thought it might be her through sock accounts even but I think no I think somebody early early on was thinking how can we spin this wildly out of control because it is like somebody that you can kind of tell you can kind of tell that you could Mm -hmm. into this whole like whatever this is psychotic break question mark like you can tell that somebody was predisposed that you could you could get them to that look. And I don't think either of us means if we're saying she's a lol cow, I don't think either of us means th- means that in a derogatory way. In fact, that term has been kind of just horrifying to me as the whole time it's sat in my brain as part of this project. And really, even before that, part of the reason I didn't think about it a lot before then is because it's it's kind of existentially horrifying. It's mm-hmm. kind of it's very dehumanizing. 
And it's, uh, I, I feel that it's basically seems like a slur to me against, I think it's tied to like autism and autistic people, even maybe like intellectual differences. It reads to me like a slur. So I'm not, so I don't think either of us means it like in this derogatory way, but just in a descriptive way of like, there's a complete lack of self-awareness there, mm-hmm. which could easily be taken advantage of. And then where we're just kind of like, offshoot secondary casualties of the situation of of that but it but it really makes a lot of things make sense if there were people in here from early early on trying to guide it because it was their own personal tv and i'll even say this now there's this uh troll on my youtube on our youtube who specifically mentioned oh there's a private reddit where all this stuff is getting released that you now have to answer to no i don't care to answer to whatever other people are saying but there's some private Reddit. Yeah, well, that's not a surprise. Probably some discords, probably several discords, right? Not a surprise. And we know who's in there. We know all the trolls that are in there. <laughs> the I think blind you know, leading the blind with all their yeah. false information and stuff. We know. I think we know news. a lot of them. But yeah, they're but they're they're behind, you know, they're behind privacy walls and they're they're faceless and they're nameless and they're Sort of. I mean, some of them are some of them are not smart enough to keep themselves hidden, really, and and might be surprised what we know. But also, uh, a lot of them are just. I mean, yeah, like that's the exact behavior of people that do the lol cow thing. The, the kind of trolls that do lol cow stuff. That's I what mean, we saw it happen sports. in real time, playing out with X, who we haven't mentioned yet, but that person who was impersonating me and like photoshop some shit and then sent it to x to rile up x knowing that they could spin them off into oblivion and they'll go straight to their tiktok and talk about stuff and the same thing is happening with ali they know what her triggers are and they know what she'll do when she's triggered and it's all for their entertainment how many videos have we seen of ali saying please don't send me anything i can't see what they're talking about my brain can't handle it and then 2 minutes later she's making 40 instagram stories about new stuff that was sent to her but it's not even always new like, sometimes it's stuff from weeks ago too like whatever will be spun out but i do want to also say about x that they were making some comments on our youtube i'm not sure if they deleted them or they got caught in the filter but i saw them in my like alerts or whatever and one thing they said was like i think that there was misunderstandings between us. And the thing that I'm frustrated with that I want to convey about that is that perhaps there were, but it's not a safe friendship when some of those misunderstandings can happen because they wouldn't have happened if people had used critical thinking on some of these questions. I mean, some of Mm -hmm. us are on this Mm -hmm. fake account. The whole drama could have been avoided if just use critical thinking and we're on the level together, like operated on the level. But there was all this, like, I think that everybody was like feeding into this drama of like, Ooh, who can we trust? We can't trust ever- anyone every single day, a new, no trust. Just like everyone's trying to play 5D chess and it doesn't help. And so, and so if there were misunderstandings, then so be it. That was hurtful to me, that whole thing. Going forward, mm-hmm. that's like not a safe friendship as a result. And I think we both had a soft spot for X because I we could see both of. I'm totally frustrated. You could see the vulnerability there. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things we even got. Like I see an on a fellow autistic person. I see a fellow trans person, and I have a fellow traumatized person too. Yes, 
Yes. And somebody that I do think got like used in this situation, but I also, I also wanted to, but then again, it's like, I then see people through rose colored glasses and, but then once I learned Mm -hmm. my lesson, I've learned my lesson. I get bit in the ass when I do that. And I think also a lot of times people, sometimes people aren't trustworthy because they're not trustworthy. They're about to stab you in the back. Other times people just aren't trustworthy, Mm -hmm. not because they mean to be untrustworthy, but because they're not, maybe they're not aware enough, or maybe they're just not under the right circumstances to be able to provide you and afford you trust or like, or reward you for the trust that you put in them. And people Mm -hmm. can be untrustworthy because they're just unstable. And that's not even the only person that I would like bring that up about in this whole situation. There's people that I wish I could trust that Mm -hmm. I wish I could feel safe with that I wish I could just be friends with and that it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be unsafe. But uh, a lot of the situation is unsafe because of mental illness and it's been really hard and traumatizing on everyone. Mm -hmm. And, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's just like at the end of the day, it's a matter of just safety and it's, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. Cause yeah, Yeah. I do think, I do think there was like, there is like a soft spot. It's just frustrating. It was, it was hard to, that whole Photoshop thing happened at a really bad time for me. I think that was when I was at my like mental, emotional lowest. That was when I was at my most fragile um, because stuff was unfolding all around me. The abuse was at its peak at that point. And then this whole thing with X and the Photoshop stuff happened. And uh, it was really sad because I never had anything against that person. I never had any conflict with X. So when that happened and they turned against me because of something someone else photoshopped and sent them, it just I couldn't even combat it. I didn't have the spoons to like even try to talk to them or convince them of anything. But even as that was happening and I was feeling the way I was feeling, I was like, "Oh no. They're being manipulated. Like someone got to them." And yeah. <laughs> Well, I tried I to felt say- bad for them yeah. as I felt bad for myself. There was a part of me that's like, oh, God, they're being used in the worst way. Well, I was so frustrated with our final conversation that we had but the last time that we talked because I was legitimately trying to warn them about somebody that I believed was was putting them in danger and trying to manipulate them. And they literally just responded like, is that a threat? And it was just like, no, you doofus. Like, <laughs> no, I'm trying to be your friend. I'm trying to tell you a piece of information I don't think it got conveyed and that was had me like ripping my hair out yeah I remember you being very upset about that I was really upset about it because I had gone to them trying to warn them and actually one other person and and had just tried to say you know I I don't feel like uh this person is safe and I feel like you might be in danger and need to be aware and they Neither person, neither person actually took it the way that I thought they would. I got bit in the ass for trying to warn people I thought were friends. It sucked. It sucked. And it, and you know, so then it's like, okay, that was unsafe for me to like try. Yeah. You know, now that I think about it, there are two people that I tried to warn before things really blew up with Allie. And both of those people like abused me the most on behalf of Allie (laughs) right after that. That's terrible. Oh my God, it's just not worth it to warn people at all. Yeah, that's a frustrating lesson because you want to. You want to be open and you want to like, you want to, 
I don't want to, I don't want it to be like every man for himself. I don't want to leave anybody behind, you know? And I also feel like warning people is very different. It comes from a different energy than triangulating. Because when there's two people specifically that I went to that were like, ended up being henchmen one and two for Allie, which I didn't get that from them when we were connected. But definitely when Allie decided to like absolutely try to destroy me, they were like, right and left arms of that but trying to warn them it wasn't me bashing Allie it wasn't me saying oh Allie's terrible and she's this and she's that and it was like something's about to come out about Allie that's not gonna look good for you if you're aligned with her I like your content I like what you do I like how we connect and I just feel like this thing's gonna spiral out with Allie pretty soon and Maybe to save your brand and your platform, you might want to think twice or just look at her content a little more deeply or look at the situation through like a different lens once it starts to unfold. I know how you feel about that. It wasn't me like trying to tear Allie down. And I know I remember like you trying to warn those two people on your end about someone different and I know you didn't come from a place of like this person's terrible and evil and this and that. It was just like, I don't think you're safe with this person like that simple. Yeah, I think there's a big difference in language, like the people that were coming to you and us about this other unrelated, unrelated uh, smear campaign situation. They literally were like, oh, yeah. And the, our target is disgusting. Like, yeah, <laughs> is it t- you know, yeah, no. And I think with uh, with X, I didn't even name a name. I just said I just was like, I'm trying to warn you about somebody. And that's about as far as that conversation got as far as I remember. But mm-hmm. Yeah, the other person I think I was I was closer to and I basically just said, yeah, I think I I just want to warn you that I think this person's unsafe because I thought that they were wrapping their business up with that person. And mm-hmm. actually, I don't know because I knew that person le- way less than I thought I did who, because of how that all turned out. I found out uh, pretty quick that some friends, people I thought were friends were not friends. And but anyway, so I have no idea. But I but I thought at the time that maybe this person had some financial stuff wrapped up with this person I was trying to warn them about. And so like, that seemed reasonable to me to be like, okay, you're my yeah. good friend who really might get a lot coming down on you because of what I know. So it feels like I should tell you. And that's also different because that person was like somebody I considered a friend. It wasn't just like some random, oh, fancy seeing you here person. I yeah. have to see in the comments of my target. Like, did you know that they're terrible? No, this was like my friend there's two different versions of the same theme of what you're talking about in all cases. And there's like an abuser version and a, and a targets version because it really is. And I know that it must sound like to be outside of the situation, it must be harder to discern like which side is which, but I think it's very important because I think that's basically the tactic of abuse. There is mm-hmm. the abusive people adopt all of the things and then discredit them by flipping them around in reverse. So every single thing has its counterpart of like, well, here's how the abusers did it. And they basically do that in order to discount and discredit the original thing that was done and disempower it. And so that's what's happening in all cases. And so every single time you do something, you have to then step back and be like, oh yeah, but it's not the same as when they do it. And like, (laughs) I know how that sounds, but it's like, that's the, that's a tactic that they're doing on purpose mm-hmm. so that you sound like you're crazy when you try to explain what you're doing reminds me of the group chat when i was like spiraling so i was so fucking pissed mm-hmm. i know no one like really understood why i was like having a meltdown over it looking back on it, i think it was eclipse energy i think my scorpio was just like 
scrambling my brain and all my emotions in this moment. But we had seen countless videos with like shared multiple screen recordings in the group chat of Allie just going off on us. Mm-hmm. And not really taking it to heart because like it's been months of this now. But she specifically would call us stupid bitches, dumb bitches, bitches this, bitches that, stupid, dumb, da da da, whatever. And I can't remember why this happened. So I have a subreddit and uh, it was like a snark reddit about Allie. I know I got so I judged so hard. I had a subreddit called (laughs) Allie shirts on cults (laughs) and I never intended to do anything with it. But at that time, whatever, someone else had a snark reddit about Allie and I made the snark reddit just because the title was funny. Like I didn't really plan on posting anything in the reddit i just thought like it'd be funny if you like tried to search ali on reddit and you saw ali shirts on cults mm-hmm. i i got slammed so hard for doing that you did get slammed but anyway so this is i made that back in february it's freaking may now and just like two days ago someone uh posted in that subreddit which i thought i had shut down by now because i'm not like on reddit like that and they said something about me like everything I say is bullshit or something like that it was like it was mean and nasty and I just replied dumb bitch period (laughs) I was not having it I'm not gonna go back and forth with you and I figured it was probably Allie because who cares this much honestly just search around on reddit that I have not been on in months just to say that to me probably because you're blocked everywhere else probably because you're Allie and of course that was screenshot and posted in Allie's story so I know it was Allie and she had the nerve to put text across the screen how dare you dehumanize people Roxy you shouldn't talk to people like this I'm like call me all kinds of sons of bitches every day but I match your energy a, a fraction of the way and I'm dehumanizing people Girl, if you don't get on my face, I was so mad about that. <laughs> well, yeah, she did the same thing to me with, and not to go back a million times to my disorganized brain comment, but but really, that was in direct response. She was lying. She told a lie. It's the kind of lie that she always tells where you can literally line up a clip and then line up the second clip and you can see how she says one thing in one clip and the exact opposite thing in the next clip. You can do that for like hundreds of lies. So she told one of these provable lies where you're just like, you lied. And so then I made this comment where I was, and this was like weeks and weeks ago, right? And I, are you lying because do you not understand you're lying? Like, is it a disorganized brain thing or do you know that you're lying, right? Because she lied. Then for the, she's, she's still on her stories. Screenshot that from weeks and weeks ago. That's popped up in perhaps 10 different videos now. And she's like, I will never forget that you dehumanized me in this way. And yet also her immediate response to that was, I do have a disorganized brain. And again, I didn't mean she's stupid. I meant your brain doesn't doesn't allow you to track the things you're saying, apparently, because everything you say is like this, where you can line it up. And it's like you said one thing and then the opposite. Mm-hmm. And that's an observation I'm having from experiencing you doing that to me and lying about me in that way. And it's a symptom of things like I I Googled it <laughs> and it's there's a whole Wikipedia page about formal thought disorders and how the formation of your thoughts can be disordered. And a lot of those, I mean, not all of those symptoms and I'm not diagnosing anybody, et cetera, et cetera. But some of those symptoms sound, you know, like 
And also, she accused you of murder. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, and like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to have like low blows that, like, like, I'm not trying to, not that it's like, I'm not trying to be petty. Like, I think a couple Mm -hmm. things I've said are read as petty, but I think that people can speak out of emotion, and Mm -hmm. then maybe that can get petty at times, whatever. But especially with that comment, it's just like, I don't know what you expect me to say. Like, what I'm observing is that you are saying two opposite things out of your mouth. So mm-hmm. there's two explanations for that. And and she's agreeing with me that she has a disorganized brain. So how am I dehumanizing you? What mm-hmm. I'm doing is observing that you're lying about me. And that's the point. And, and all these responses are always meant to just spin it totally out and make it so that it's no longer, the focus is no longer on the problem is, Allie, you bullied people. You lied, Allie. The problem is, you did something that was wrong. It's like any, it reminds me of in, uh, I don't know if you ever watched the show, The Good Place. You know that show? Mm-mm. It's, a, it's a great show. It's like a slow burn a little bit at the beginning. Like it takes, I don't remember, like a whole season even to get into really. But then by the end, you're like in love with every single character. And uh, it's a great, worth a watch. And there's a character named Janet, who's a who's a kind of AI robot. She's got this uh kill switch button that you can walk up to and press and then she regenerates but she has a defense trigger mechanism thing that that uh when anybody gets physically too close to the button it like kicks in and then she basically start she flips into like grovel for her life mode but she doesn't really have emotions and so there's kind of these funny bits where somebody will walk toward the button and she'll be like oh please god please no don't kill me oh my god i have babies and you're like what and then the person will step back and be like oh i'm so sorry and she's like oh no it's totally fine i just have my defense mechanism kicking in when you get physically too close or whatever and mm-hmm. uh, it kind of reminds me of that a little bit it's a little bit of a tangent but it reminds me of the way that anytime you ever try to call attention to something that Allie really did do wrong that was against you and that perhaps she should apologize for, or perhaps she should take accountability for, or perhaps she should reflect on, or perhaps she should be aware of so that she stops hurting the people around her. Instead, it becomes this like defense mechanism where when you get too close, it has to be about anything except for that. We cannot mm-hmm. talk about that. It has to be about anything except for that. And I feel like that was an example of that. And the whole dehumanizing thing, all of it is just like, we're not having the same conversation because it's this weird like hair trigger defense get around actually talking about what anybody else wants to talk about. Like there was some video I saw of her talking. She's saying that somebody said she was too honest and she's like, so what now I'm too honest. No, nobody said you're too honest, Allie. Absolutely. Literally no one, no, literally no one said you're too honest. And the other thing she was like, so what you're saying, I can't be autistic because I make too many videos. Literally no one said that. Literally, absolutely no one said that to you. Absolutely not. It's like a it's like a defense mechanism. So you won't yeah. think about why people are saying you're not autistic. So you won't think about why people are saying that you should think about these things. Mm-hmm. Anyway, fired up. Me too. It's 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 stressful and it's so clearly a, a problem on like she is the problem. And I know people are like there are going to be people that are not going to see her as the problem. I think we're getting a lot of judgment for this podcast because it's it seems what's the word? I, I don't know what the the word is. I feel like it's a lot of content. It's organized. It's well thought out. It's intelligently done. It's professionally executed. And I, I think it probably looks bad. Like if you're new to the situation 
and you're learning what went down between us and you look at what we're doing and the way we're doing it and then you look at Allie and the way she's doing it like it looks sad when you look over there and it doesn't look as sad when you look over here because we're much more put together and we can like flush out a thought and we can communicate and like we clearly have each other to process this together and to lean on each other and she very obviously doesn't have that and if you're a new person learning all of this and like getting caught up in what went down and you're not seeing her half a million follower platform and the 30 40 50 videos 50 tiktoks she'd make a day about one person and the thousands of comments total that everyone would get from her followers like it's when you look at it now and she doesn't have all of that anymore we probably do look like the villains well also a lot more is going on behind the scenes now like very much gang stalking very much Mm -hmm. extortion blackmail stalking yeah threats um threats to people's children threats Mm -hmm. to people's families threats to people's incomes these things have kind of moved into the real world where it becomes when you're in the right about those things too and you have a whole legal case it becomes harder to defend yourself in the public sphere because you're tied up in your legal case and you have to be very careful about what you say so yeah that's kind of the stage that we're at now and it's a very weird stage to navigate I'm glad we have each other to navigate it together because it's unfamiliar territory, although in in a way it seems like we've been doing this forever together because every Mm -hmm. day is a million years in Alley universe. But in another way, it's totally, it's unfamiliar territory. I think the only way out is through. We're both putting some eggs in a basket here. We're both trusting each other. We're trusting Mm -hmm. the universe and trusting our guts, I think, uh, that we're doing the right thing. I think we're doing something kind of unprecedented. It still hits me that there was that case study of about, oh, I don't think we've talked about that on the podcast yet, but a case study talking about how they took down Kiwi Farms, which is a forum for lol cowing. And it was through like a sustained like set of DDoS things by major like different tech companies and different different people. It was basically a coalition to take them down. And they Mm -hmm. kind of did it. They got them dispersed, basically, and like halved their audience. One thing that also really hit me about that stuff, I think I I think we talk about it in a future episode. But um, one thing that also hit me about that was that it was like an increase of like 50% on those forums after COVID. So this has become a much bigger problem, like almost overnight. Mm -hmm. People interested in, in doing this to other people, or in those spaces to to be able to the other thing that hit me about that was that they claimed to be the most sustained action toward taking down an online hate group. Like Mm. they claimed to be going on for the longest time and it was only a few months. And then they said that people pretty quickly lost interest. Even the original people that kind of started the Twitter campaign lost interest. And that was also over, there was like a trans activist that was, uh, I think, targeted and, and ended up calling for it. And it kind of, it worked. They put pressure on different companies and it worked, but they were saying that's the most sustained, uh, sustained effort to de-platform a hate, an online hate group like that. I don't think so. I think that might be us. I think that might be us. <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard mm-hmm. of anybody that's done. So I think what we're doing is pretty unprecedented and there's a lot of people judging it. 
There's a lot of people that are looking at us thinking that we're in the wrong. And I don't know any better than you, but I'm trusting my gut. I think we're right. I think we're doing it right. And I think that the only way out is through. I I think you're right about that. The only way out is through. And I don't, I'm not seeing yet the light at the end of this tunnel, but I'm still putting one foot in front of the other and walking through it, no matter what the judgment is, no matter what the hate is coming our way. But I understand why people would look at us and look at her and think that we are doing the most because our podcasts don't disappear in 24 hours like Ali's Instagram stories do. Um, Our podcast episodes don't get buried in hundreds of TikTok videos like Ali's TikToks used to operate. Our approach is different. Our approach is sustainable. I feel like we're going about it in a sustainable and healthy way. Our intent, our motive isn't to destroy anyone. It's to survive this. It's to empower each other and hopefully empower other people that have been targets of similar smear campaigns and i know ali believes that she's under a smear campaign and she's welcome to believe that anyone is welcome to believe that about ali if you think this is a smear campaign that's fine for you to believe like we can't change anyone's minds and honestly the the purpose of this podcast is to convince anyone of who's the victim and who's not i just feel like it's just really easy to look at her and think that she's the victim and not the abuser because we're doing it in a healthy and sustainable way. And she's not, she's getting tuckered out trying to bully, trying to do what she was doing on TikTok on a much smaller scale. And she's not getting the same dopamine reward. She's not getting the same response. She's not getting the same viewership and she's not learning anything. So she's she's burning herself out. And she's having to get her hands a lot dirtier now because there's a lot fewer people that are willing to do the dirty work for her. So she's Mm -hmm. directly tied to the things that she's trying to do against people before she could always fall. She could always hide under this like, well, I can't be totally in control. My followers do. And she would spend all this time like implying what they should do. But then she would write Mm -hmm. and say some sort of opposite thing. So technically she didn't tell them to. And then she would act like she had no control, but yet they would go do her dirty work. Well, now there's like one, two saddos doing that. And for the most part, she has to be the one to be in contact with the abusive exes or whatever, which is really bad. Like there's, there's things called crimes, Allie. So (laughs) it's getting worse and worse. And I know, like, I I do agree with you. The reality is it's not over. The reality is in in some ways it's worse at this point for the people who have been targets all along. It is continuing to escalate. And I do feel that it feels safer to me. The more people are listening at this point, I think that, yeah. There is a tipping point of enough voices to be actually heard about something. And we have been silenced and we are being silenced still, even though uh, there's a difference in the level of power and the level of followers, we're absolutely still being silenced Mm -hmm. and taken down at every chance and reported at every chance and, and lied about and discredited and, and they're trying to handicap us. They're trying to take funding, you know, take whatever they can so that we have to worry ourselves with other things. And it's all silencing tactics and it's all making us less and less safe. So this in a way is a safety measure. This is so that people know what happened. 
if anything happens to any of us, we have a record. We know we know what happened to us and people will know. I appreciate everyone that's tuning in. I mean, I hope that it's I hope it can be comforting to people. I hope it can be entertaining. I hope it could be educational. I hope it can feel like I hope we can grow into a space that feels safe for people to come and and share experiences that might be similar to this and so that we can all kind of learn more through each other. But also in in an immediate sense, Mm -hmm. I am glad people are listening because I feel safer the more ears are on this project right now because of the very real things that are happening to all of us and that are still escalating right now about this whole situation. Yeah. And there's no, there's no end in sight. That's the thing that people have to understand about Allie and how she operates and what it's like to be a target of hers is that it doesn't stop. There is no ending and she will vow and swear up and down that she's never going to stop. And I believe her. I think that's the only true thing she says is that she's never going to stop. And when what I really need to stress to people listening is that in the moments when she's quiet and the moments when she says, I'm going to step away from this. I need to take a break. It's not a, a tugging on her conscience that she steps away. It's not, oh, I'm, I'm doing too much or I'm putting people in danger. Or I can't believe I just reached out to someone's abusive ex so that we can both abuse this person more together. And that's a bad thing to do. It's not, <laughs> there's no conscience. There's no remorse. The breaks aren't because she's considering the consequences of her actions. It's like when a toddler is having a tantrum and is screaming and crying until they pass out. That's what Allie's breaks are. She tuckers herself out and has to recharge so that she can abuse you more when she comes back. Like that's what we have to look forward to with Allie until we build enough community of enough people who have had enough of people like Allie that we just kind of drown her out so her tantrum doesn't hurt people as badly. We still have to continue to neutralize Allie's sting. And I feel like the collective efforts are individual and collective efforts to deplatform her from TikTok did a really good job of neutralizing her, but that job is still not done. It's not about silencing her. And if she's going to spin around like a little Tasmanian devil, she can do that on a little dark corner of the internet where it doesn't affect people's real lives anymore. Yeah, or she could get her platforms back and she could build herself back up doing literally anything except for attacking other people and hurting other people and hurting everyone around her. Literally any other kind of content, do Mm -hmm. it. No one cares. It's all about when you start to go into other people's lives and affect them. Yeah. It's all about when you start to hurt other people instead of just spread your own message or just make your own entertainment. There is a line that is crossed. So yeah, no one, no one is trying to silence anybody. Everyone is just trying to protect themselves and survive, Allie. Thank you for listening. Find additional content at doxtthepodcast.com. 